LifeSpring number 118. Hey there. I know, I know. I'm a day late. <laughs> and maybe more than a dollar short. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm late this week. You know, I told you that I was installing tile in my sister-in-law's uh, downstairs. Well, today I finally finished the job. But, oh man, that job really beat me up. But that's okay. It was for... Leanne's sister, Lori, and her husband, Steve, who is coming home from Djibouti this Saturday. He'll be home. I don't know if you're watching the news, but things are kind of heating up over there in Djibouti, uh, in the Horn of Africa. And so uh, we're, we're glad that he's coming home. I believe he's probably training his replacement even as we speak. As I'm recording this, let's see, it's about uh, 1038 at night. That would make it about 9.38, 9.39 in the morning where he's at. So, yeah, he's probably busy with his replacement. And so, uh, yeah, that's what's going on there. Hey, today we're going to continue our conversation with uh, football great, the Reverend Rosie Greer. He'll tell us about the fearsome foursome, his bout with depression, and how he left his wife and very young son. And the amazing story of how he came to a place where he realized that he needed to have God in his life and what he's doing today. Also, later on in the show, I'm going to have an announcement, a very exciting project that I'm taking on this month, and I'm hoping that you will join me in it. So hang on. Right now, we're going to get right into the conversation with Rosie Greer. I just want to, again, say thank you so much to Rosie. He was a just a fantastic guy. He is a fantastic guy. And uh, by way of reminder, started this conversation last week. If you didn't hear number 117, you'll want to go listen to that. But uh, the lovely lady Leanne and I visited his office in Santa Monica, California, where he very graciously gave us about an hour and a half of his time not going to put the whole thing on the show, but uh, between last week and this week's, you'll be getting the, the lion's share of the conversation we had. So let's get to it. Back to the Rams. Yeah. Tell me about the fearsome foursome. Well, when I got to the Rams, I came from a group in New York called the Front Four. The head coach and a lot of the coaches on the Rams were from old Giant players. And New York Giants had a system. And they brought the system to the Rams. Uh, but the, the front four of, of this group, we were all about the same height, uh, 6'5", Deacon Jones, Merrill Lawson, Lamar Lundy. We were all about the same height. And, and so we took away the the one step or two steps and wait, we just took off. Mm -hmm. And our whole focus was get to the quarterback. And and we would break the run up by going for the quarterback. So if we all took our lanes, whatever they were doing running wise, 
we would interfere with that mm -hmm. because we were coming to, to the ball. Uh -huh. Our focus was on the ball. Uh -huh. Whether it was running or passing, we were trying to get to the ball. And, and, and all the guys were excellent. In fact, two of the guys were, are in the Hall of Fame, Deacon Jones and, Mer and uh, Merlin Rosa. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we were very good. Mm -hmm. And we were the backbone of the team. And the team gelled around the fierce enforcer. Mm -hmm. They coined us that name. Are you still in contact with some always, of those guys? Always, always. Are they believers too? I mean, what's the... Uh, <clears throat> Merlin Olson is Mormon. Right. Deacon Jones is Deacon Jones. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lamar Lundy is a believer. Uh -huh. it's, when I say a believer, he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. And so um, I got to share with Lamar and, and um, he, he knew that he needed him. He needed the Lord. And so... I got to pray with them. Really? So yeah. when was this? Oh, been a long time ago. Yeah. Tell me about your your testimony. You know, when did you become a believer? Um, how did that work in your life? 1968. I was married, and it seemed as though my my wife had me in a bottle. And and one day I just I said I'm I'm going, and I and I and I walked out of the house, and I said I'm never going back in there. And I went through a stage of depression. See, I thought by getting out of the house was my problem. Wasn't my problem. Because I was working with gang kids at the time. I'd been with Bobby Kennedy when he was assassinated. And I had been working with kids, with gang kids. And as time went on, my effort with the kids made me know that what I was doing couldn't help them. I was, I was getting them jobs, giving them money getting other people to, to, to help find a way for these kids to work and to find uh, lawyers and, and bail money and all that stuff. And after so many years, it was just, I would seem like I was a soldier in the war too long. Mm. And I went into a state of depression. I left my wife and I had a young son. And um, I went into a state of depression. And the kids would still call me, Rose, you got to come help us. I said, I can't help you because I'm, I'm, I can't go no more. So a bunch of kids came to my house one night and asked me what should they do. They had a kid who had shot some people up that day. And and I said, you can't drive a young person around who's committed a crime. You, you'll be after the fact. You'll be as guilty as him. So um, I said, you need to go and negotiate with the police and turn them in. So they left with the assurance that they were going to do that. And when they left, I was just shaking mm -hmm. that I'm trying to tell these kids what to do with their lives. And I don't know what to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had closed my doors and, and pulled the drapes in my apartment and I wouldn't come out in the daytime. I, I only time you could get me to come out was had to be night. And I would come out for a little bit and I'd go back in the room and the only thing I was doing was when uh, my agent, somebody would call me, do a commercial or do a film or something. I was in the movie business and the commercial and making public speech, speeches. And so I just, it was just too much. And so one day a guy came over to my house named Carl Johnson, this guy that went with us to the Washington, D.C. He came over and said, God sent him. Well, someone said, God sent him. I'm, I'm looking at him funny, man. Uh -huh. Oh. God sent you. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and 
But I let him in. He said, God, send me over here to talk to you. And I'm looking at it now, man. And I was, oh, my goodness. Right, this guy. Find yeah. a rubber room for this yeah. guy, huh? Yeah, and he said, um, remember the Bible I gave you? I said, yeah. He said, did you read it? I said, no. And you know what? I don't even want to talk about it. And I want you to leave. So I put him out. Wow. And and so when he left, I looked at the Bible on the table. I said, I don't understand that book. So I had to go someplace. And I was on the airplane, and, and then this lady came up to me. She said, Moses Beard is the airline student. And his name, her name was Ann Ludic. I said, yeah. She said, oh, I've been watching this man on TV. He's a black man. I said, oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what's he doing? She said, he's teaching. I said, what's he teaching? She said, the Bible. I said, oh, my goodness. Can you believe that two people in a week telling me about the Bible? So I just kind of walked onto my seat and sat down. In a few minutes, she was over to me again. She said, Rose, you got to listen to this man. And I said, oh, my goodness. So I said, oh, okay. She said, what's your telephone number? And I'm looking at her, and she's kind of cute, you know. <laughs> so I gave her my number, and Sunday morning, my phone rang, and I picked the phone up. I said, hello. He said, Roger Greer? I said, yeah. He said, my name is Ken Ludic. I said, Ken Ludic? I don't know no Ken Ludic. He said, my wife, the airline student, told me to call you. I said, your wife told you to call me? <laughs> he, said, he said, yeah. He said, she told you about this man on TV. And he said, I want you to turn the TV on Channel 9. I think it was that. Channel 11. Turn on Channel 11. And the program was going off. I think it was Jimmy Swagger that was going off. And then uh, uh, this other program, after the announcement, there was other program come on, but, the, but it starts out choir saying, evidence, evidence, do they have enough evidence? And it, the word was, if they're going to convict you of being a Christian, will they have enough evidence? Uh -huh. And I'm thinking, wow, I've been a Baptist all my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the, the the choir finished his song, and then uh, 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 this guy came right on, and he started teaching the Bible. So... I, somehow in that, I, I hear mentioned John 3.16. So I, I go get my Bible to try to find. I have no idea why John 3.16 <laughs> is. Right. So, but I'm a Penn State graduate, man. I know to go to India. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So by the time I get to the index and get John 3.16, he's on through that. Mm -hmm. But I said, so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. I'm saying, how long that man had? And everlasting life was a word that was so dear to me. See, because all my life I've been afraid of dying. My sister, a long time ago, my sister Eva, she said, Roosevelt, what you going to do when you get old? I said, shoot, I'm going to stay with mom and papa. She <laughs> said, but what happened when mom and papa die? Why that hurt my feelings so bad? Did she 
seeing mom and papa die. Only thing I knew about dying, we used to kill chickens and hogs, right? So to me, death wasn't a pleasant thing at all. And so it jarred me. And from that moment on, I thought about dying. I, I mean, every day, really? I thought about dying. Every day. And it was something about the word death and dying that really triggered uh, inside of me and, and it made me like shudder. Hmm. And now I see here everlasting life. I said, if I can get that, I got something. So I was paying attention, right? So I, then I pick up the phone, call my ex-wife, Margie, to have my son, Rosie, watch this man on TV talking about God. So every Sunday we watch this man on TV talking about God. I'm trying to get everything because I want to find out about this everlasting life. So one weekend, I had my son every other weekend. My son is staying with me. And I, my son said, Dad, uh, let's go to church tomorrow, Saturday night and Sunday. I said, I said, I don't, man, I don't want to go. He said, but Dad, I know. You know that man we've been watching on TV? I know where he is. I said, where is it? So he told me. Now, look, he is no more than four and a half. He's telling me <laughs> what his guy is. Right. Out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, we'll go sometime. He said, Dad, let's go tomorrow. I said, he said, but Dad, I've never been to church. Mm. Mm. It hit me in my heart because my dad made me go to church when I was young. So he said, I've never been to church and he's four and a half. So I said, okay, well, we'll go. 6.30 in the morning. Dad, wake up. <laughs> we going to church. I didn't want to. I said, Dad, you said, right? So we get up and take a shower. And we must have ended up at the church about 7.30. But there's a line around the church. This is a weird place. This place has got people lined up to get in. So I get in the line. When I get to the door, they want to know if I'm a regular uh, uh, church person. Or a member, or am I a new 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 visitor? Am I a visitor? I said I'm a visitor. So they usher me right in to the visitor spot. So I sit down, but as I'm walking to sit down, there's these people, there's this electricity going through this place, and all these people have Bibles. And some are praying, some are singing, and this is a weird place. All these people with these Bibles and they singing stuff. And I'm watching as I'm going. And I sit down, but there's just like there's electricity flowing through this place. So in a little bit, um, the the choir sang a couple of songs. And, and then a little bit later, the, choir, the, the pastor comes out and he talk about time for tithe and offering. And these people start clapping their hands. I didn't know what tithes were, but I knew what offering was. Uh -huh. So I must have gave him five dollars, and I'm a big tipper, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after that, he he started to talk about the Bible, and and he talked about, uh, do you know why you had to be born again? Right. Perfect message. And, and he was saying that there are three deaths. There's spiritual death, there's eternal death, 
and there's physical death. And he go through that, and he teaches all of this, right? And then he talks about how Jesus came to give us everlasting life. I said, oh, got it now. So Jesus is the one that gives us everlasting life, but how do I get him? Right? So I'm listening. I'm, I'm wide awake. I'm, I'm on this guy, and I want every word. I'm getting it, man. Uh-huh. So at the end, when he finished talking, he said, and I know if you came here today. Now, remember, I'm, I'm not out of my depression, mm, okay. even, even when I have my son. But I live up with my son. Right. Because, you know. All right. So he said, if you came here today and your life's a wreck, I mean, you don't know uh, anything about anything and you're confused about stuff and you're hurting. And I'm looking, I'm looking around. I'm saying, <laughs> who told him I'm here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and he said, Every head bow and every eye closed. And he said, if you're here today and you need, know you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, and once you just slip your hand up. So I slipped my hand up a little bit because my eye closed like that. And he said, raise your hand high. And now this debate going on. Yeah. And then he said, if you have your hand raised high, Stand up. Uh, <laughs> I stand up, my hand raised high, and the dam breaks. I start crying, man. I'm thinking, out there. you all rose again. You came to church. You ain't been in church in over 20 something years. And that you stand up crying. The people must say, Rose again came to our church. And he didn't know nothing. <laughs> and I'm standing my hand raised. And I look over at my son standing. His hand is raised. So they asked us to come out of your seat. And come up here, I want to pray for you. So we went out, and after we finished, we went in this back room, and, and they asked me, said, why, why did your son come? I said, oh, my son came because of me. He said, no, Dad, I came because I don't know Jesus. <laughs> and so the two of us received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a great wow. Sunday. Then I bought both of us Bibles, man, and we became... Uh, Bible addicts in the Bible all day long, and and I'm digging, I'm digging. So one Saturday night, my son said to me, he said, Dad, uh, can we take Mom to church with us? I said, Oh no, <laughs> no, no, got no, no, line somewhere. Oh no, I I I I've been before the judge with that woman, <laughs> and he divided up the family property, gave her the inside of the house, and gave me the outside. <laughs> I know I don't want to do that woman anyway. <laughs> So, but your son, he insists. So I said, okay, we'll call and invite him. He gets it. Mom, dad won't talk. So he gave me the phone. And I said, well, we were just talking. And would you like to go to church with us? She said, yeah. I said, "Uh huh? (laughs) She said, yeah. I said, we go real early. (laughs) 6.30. And we got there and she was ready. And and that Sunday Mm -hmm. she went up. And then we were all baptized at the same time. And and then then I began to spend a lot of time with her. Then we got remarried wow. later. And so it it, it turned turned our lives around. So mm-hmm. yeah, I and I tell you, uh, it, it 
a relationship with Christ. It's such a powerful relationship. And as you grow in the knowledge by studying the Bible, it will change your life and it opens the door that you're most sensitive to the leading of God. Because you hear where he, what he's saying. He might tell you in a thought, in your heart, or you know that you know that you know because he talked to you in your knower. Yep. <laughs> and, and and it's it's amazing how he communicates with us in in his word. It is an awesome relationship with the Lord. And sometimes you don't have the same fire. Sometimes you kind of uh, get a little like sometimes I'll be studying, and my mind is everywhere, mm-hmm. and I just keep studying, keep keep reading. And then I hit something, and like I walk right into the Bible. Yeah, I mean that's ooh, yeah. what an awesome feeling that is. Amen. To walk in the Bible, you walk around, you see all this stuff that you know exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an awesome thing to know God. Yes, it is. Who was that man? That preacher, Doctor Frederick K. C. Price. Fred that's Price. my pastor. Okay, yeah. went on TV that I saw. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Okay, so what are you doing these days? I still go out and minister. I, you know, I, 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 I mentioned entrepreneurs. My son went to a school, uh, Brentwood School, and I should see these two guys at the school that children went there. Brilliant businessmen, Mike Milken and Lowell Milken. And I used to always try to sit around where he was talking about business. See, that's one of my, I always wanted to be a businessman as well. And so I used to sit around and listen to these guys all the time. And um, one, one of them went through some problems. And so I called him on the phone and went and sat and talked with him about what he was going through and how he's going to make him grow up and how the Lord could really help him. Uh, there was Jewish guys. But I could talk about the Bible still, yeah. And so I talk about that, and then we liked each other. And they asked me what I served on the board of the Milken Family Foundation. And later on, um, Mike Milken started the Prostate Cancer Foundation. And he asked me to serve on the board of that. So that's I got involved in working with the Milken Foundation, which uh, try to help and encourage great teachers to stay in the school system and to try to find a cure for prostate cancer and other Milken Institute, we study economics worldwide. Uh, I volunteer, and sometimes they, they invite me to pray. And so it gives me a chance to do and to share with people the love of God and still to serve humanity in another facet, as well as being able to go out and speak to people who are seeking uh, the Lord and to tell them who I am. And I'm, I'm the Reverend uh, Minister Greer. We have over 200 people working and the various uh, capacities here at the Foundation, the Prostate Cancer Foundation Institute, the uh, Epileptic Foundation, and we support a lot of ongoing organizations that are in the community. We help build buildings, and and they have the money, and I still work in the community with the kids and people. So it's fulfilling uh, my ministry using another tack, and it's, it's a joy for me to mm-hmm. do that. Amen. So you're staying busy. Mm-hmm. You got lots to do. Yeah. 
Speaking of money, do you think that the big paychecks that the players are getting now has changed the game? And do you think it's been good? It didn't change the game. It changed the, the business side. Because the players now have a chance to share in the big boom of money that's coming in as a result of the game, of their skills and their talent, which is not long-lived. And, and there's a lot of pain and suffering after the game has passed you by. You still have to deal with those hits on the head or those broken bones or those uh, beat up that you took to your body because your body was not built to sustain that kind of impact over a long period of time, yet some guys play 15 years. Right. And the salaries are enormous. And if a guy would take care of the money that he gets, he could be financially secure in that respect. Still, he's not secure as he could be mm-hmm. if he knows who the Lord is. Amen. So, um, but it, it, it didn't change the game. It brought in the, the businessman, it brought in the negotiator. It brought in a whole different segment of influence says over the player and over the, 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 the dispersion of the money. Mm-hmm. So it didn't change the game because the game is still the same. You got to stop the football or you got to score with it. Right. And you still got to beat the other guy up. Yeah. I haven't beat you up. I mean, I use the word loosely. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you have to run, you have to learn to play on the team. And yet you find there are a lot of guys that are working their own stick out on the field. You know, they, 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 they got all these gyrations and things that they go through focusing on themselves as opposed to on the team. And, uh, that spoils in a sense, though it's good news, it spoils the thinking of the young kids that are watching because they emulate these guys. Now you hear some guys saying that they don't want to be a role model, but like it, it doesn't matter whether you want to be or not. If you out there and the lights on you, somebody's looking at you. Some are going to be disgusted and some are going to love it. So you, you, just be who you are, and we'll we'll determine how you fit into our thinking. So, do you, do you think that players have changed? Then, are there more of those kind of guys now than there used to be? Well, yeah, because the the the, the guys put up with it. In my day, that we wouldn't put up with it. Mm. We wouldn't allow that guy to do that. Um, you said have the have the the ball players changed? Yeah, now they're they're in much better shape. They have, uh. You mean physical condition? Oh yeah. They work year round. They can afford to work year round. When, when I was playing, you had to have a job after the, the season was over. And so these guys are now, they can spend the whole year trying to keep that bot, that body's tuned. So when the year begins, they're lean and mean already. Uh, in my day, we had to get in shape in training camp. You try not to get too far out of shape, but you wanted to, to, be refreshed and take the time to get in shape through the exhibition games. But now the exhibition games are like a regular season game. Uh, although some teams don't push as hard or play their veterans as much as they want to look at the new talent. But, um, uh, the game in itself that the players know that they need to be 
in shape because if they're not in shape, sometimes there's a young guy that's ready to take your place. Mm -hmm. But you have the you have the upper hand because you have have the experience. So there you have it. What a story, huh? The man remarries the woman that he could not stay with because of his depression. God can take your life and turn it around. If you don't know God, may I suggest that you find a way to find him? Now, I can answer your questions if you like. Send them to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Jesus is worth knowing. Jesus loves you. And he's got good plans for you. Mr. Rosie Greer, thank you so much, Rosie, for being a part of the show. One day, the father of a very wealthy family took his son on a trip to the country with the express purpose of showing him how poor people live. They spent a couple of days and nights on the farm of what would be considered a very poor family. On their return from their trip, the father asked his son, How was the trip? Well, it was great, Dad. Did you see how poor people live, the father asked. Oh, yes, said the son. So tell me, what did you learn from the trip, asked the father. And the son answered, I saw that we have one dog, and they had four. We have a pool that reaches to the middle of our garden, and they have a creek that has no end. We have imported lanterns in our garden, and they have the stars at night. Our patio reaches to the front yard, and they have the whole horizon. We have a small piece of land to live on, and they have fields that go beyond our sight. We have servants who serve us, but they serve others. We buy our food, but they grow theirs. We have walls around our property to protect us, and they have friends to protect them. The boy's father was speechless. Then his son added, Thanks, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. Huh. Isn't perspective a wonderful thing? Kind of makes you wonder what would happen if we all gave thanks for everything we have instead of worrying about what we don't have, doesn't it? Here's an idea. Appreciate every single thing you have, especially your friends. I want to thank my friend Mark Bebout for sending that one to me. <laughs> I just got done watching the first half of the uh, keynote at the Macworld I'm recording this on January 9th, the day of the uh, the Steve Jobs announcement of the iPhone. Oh, man, i got to get me one of them. <laughs> the lovely lady, Leanne, says, no, we're not going to spend that much money on a phone. I said, but wait a minute, it's not just a phone. It's a phone. It's an iPod. It's, a, it's an Internet, uh, what did Steve call it, uh, uh, Internet uh, connection device or something like that. I forgot now what he called it, but oh, what a thing of beauty. So that's the latest thing that, uh, the, the latest gadget that this guy would like to get his hands on. Uh, I don't know how soon that'll happen. Probably no time soon. And, and it's a real bummer because I'm, I'm using Verizon as our uh, provider 
and uh, of course uh, all the the cool phones go to singular and uh, there's there's no uh, uh, change with this the, the new iPhone is also going to be on the singular network at least to begin with and I don't know if Verizon is going to be able to pick it up sometime in the future or not but uh, oh well you know that's that's the way it goes. Uh, we, we've got like, I don't know, five or six phones on our plan. And, and that's one of the problems, I guess, because we've got, you know, this family, family connect thing with Verizon. So, yeah, well, that's, that's the way it goes. Well, we, we can dream, right? But my boys, that's <laughs> Stephen and Timothy. They're, they're just, you know, drooling just as much as I was. And Lan was, Lan was just sitting there watching going, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Fine. I guess it's a male, female thing for the most part, right? Ladies uh, like things for the home, and we guys like our gadgets. Well, so, uh, yeah, I, I already mentioned to you that uh, probably the most exciting thing that's happening in our family this week is Steve O'Brien is coming home from Djibouti. And I'm sure that when he you know, is able to get together a uh, episode of A Wing and a Prayer, you'll, you'll find out some of the really great things that he was doing. A lot of the stuff that he, he was doing, he couldn't talk about while he was there, of course. And I'm not sure exactly how much he'll be able to talk about once he gets home, but um, we're really excited about that. Now, there's another very exciting thing that's happening in the LifeSpring family of podcasts, so let's talk about that. Last week, I was on George Smith's show, The One Minute How-To. It came out on the 4th, I believe, of January. I forgot now what episode it was, but you can go check it out at uh, One Minute How-To. I'll have a link on the show notes page, of course. But I talked about how you can read the Bible through in one year. Highly recommend you go to listen to that episode if you have any interest in that. But... In addition to doing that, and it's important that you do that because it's going to lay some groundwork for what I'm going to talk to you about right now. So if you want, pause this and go check out the One Minute How To. So, on that show, I announced that on January 10th of this year, 2007, that I was going to post a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year. On January 10th, okay? And it's a it's a schedule that, that I've worked on, I've developed. I didn't pick it up somewhere, although you can do that. You can go to a, a local bookstore and pick up a one-year Bible, and it gives you a plan for reading the Bible through in a year. Makes sense, right? Well, this is, uh, you know, the, the age of podcasting, right? So there's there's uh, there's the first hint. Yeah, starting on the tenth, I'm not only am, am I going to post the schedule, but between January tenth of two thousand seven and December thirty first of two thousand seven, we're going to be reading the Bible through in a year on a podcast. There is going to be a new show in the LifeSpring family of podcasts. And, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for the longest time. And I kept saying, no, I don't want to do it. It's going to be too time-consuming. I'm too busy, and I just, uh, I'll leave that for some of the other podcasts out there that are doing it. Because it's an enormous task. Well, it keeps coming back to my mind. And, and sometimes that's the way the Lord speaks to me. 
is, you know, I know, you know, sometimes you'll have a thought and you'll say, well, is this me or is this God? And I've talked about this before on the show is, is how do you know when God is talking to you? And I found that with me, sometimes the way he talks to me is he, <laughs> he keeps giving me the thought, giving me the idea. Uh, it doesn't go away. And so I've talked to the lovely lady Leanne about this, and she says, well, you know, if, if you really feel that God wants you to do it, then you got to do it. And so there's going to be a new show, and I'm not, I, I'm going to just have to trust God for how we're going to pull this off and, and continue to do the other shows as well. Because as you know, I'm not able to get all the shows out that I currently have in the LifeSpring family every week, even though, you know, that's what I would like to do, but, you know, life gets busy. One thing I will be doing is recording more than one episode at a time, if at all possible, but that's a long spell of reading at one time, too, so, you know, we'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm going to do that. And so you can go to the website and check out the schedule each day or each week. I'll be probably posting a week at a time. But if you don't want to go, you know, if you don't have the time to sit and read that much at one time, perhaps you have time in your commute or what have you to listen to a podcast of the Bible being read. So, I, you know, it's this is such a new thing in my mind that I really don't even have a name yet for it. The LifeSpring One-Year Bible. The, uh, let's see, uh, Through the Bible in a Year with LifeSpring. I don't know yet. But check the show notes pages, LifeSpringPodcast.com on the 10th, and everything will be revealed at that time. Now, I'm also thinking, and in, in, this thought just kind of came to me right now as I was talking to you. What about if we have some contributions from other people during the year? Would you be interested in contributing a reading or two or three or four or you know whatever? Would that be something you'd be interested in? Would you like to hear other people read besides me? Do you get tired of this voice? <laughs> We'll see how it goes. I'm not going to be using anybody else's example of how to do it. We're going to go along as, as we go and do this together. I can't even tell you what translation of the Bible I'm going to use at this point. I, I, I There is only one that I can think of right now that is public domain that you can just read, and that's the King James. And I don't want to read just the straight King James. So, you know, this is going to be an evolving thing through the year. But I'm committing before God and before you right now that beginning on January 10th, we're going to read through the Bible in one year. From January 10th to December 31st. So that's it's actually a little bit less than a year, isn't it? So pray for me <laughs> that we do this thing right. I want to honor God. I want to make it something that is uh, enjoyable for you to listen to. And this is going to be a growing experience for you and for me. And isn't that what a family is all about anyway? 
So speaking of family, get on over to the LifeSpring Family Forum. Go to LifeSpringPodcast.com and you'll see an icon right there for the forum. Get involved there. It's been a little slow there. I think people have gone on vacations. Well, now you all are back. So it's time to get active again in the forum. I read it and I contribute and I'm asking you to do the same thing. Let's talk about email. You can get me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com. You can Skype me at lifespring underscore podcast. The voicemail that you should have dialed into your phone and part of your 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 memory on your phone. And uh, hey, if, if, if you get one of the iPhones, put Lifespring's number in there and let me know that you did it. <laughs> at least if I can't have one of the phones right away, I'll be in there in somebody's phone, <laughs> iPhone. 206-350-CALL. So, what's a life spring? So what is a life spring? Well, Jesus said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age your sex, your station in life. Jesus asks you this, who do you say that I am? LifeSpring is about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life this very day. Thank you so very much for listening to the show. If you like the show, please tell a friend. I'm Steve Webb. I'm your host, and I'll see you next time. God bless you. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast.